0: Hey NAI football fans, Corey Thorpe here with another edition of the NAIF ball podcast powered by Adcraft USA, your custom apparel, merch, and uniform experts. Our friends at Adcraft have been with us for many years now. They've run web stores for us multiple times. These guys are NAI fans and family who are experts in the apparel and merchandise world. Adcraft allows you to take the hassle out of ordering. Let their knowledgeable design and customer service staff handle everything from hosting the store online, shipping the product, and helping your customers so you can get back to the game. Find them online at AdCraftUSA.com. All right, guys, tonight we have a treat for you. We have new two-time back-to-back NAI Women's Flag Football champion, Head Coach Liz Sowers. Coach, how you doing tonight?
1: That's got a nice ring to it. I'm not doing too bad, and uh, thanks for having
0: me. Absolutely. Our pleasure. it was an absolute blast in Atlanta. just the whole the whole nine yards from you know getting in the stadium to to playing on an NFL field. it was it was a pretty cool experience, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, it was amazing. the Atlanta Falcons, I mean, props to them for all they've done, just with women's flag football in general. Um, it started off amazing with that new wall they put up that people could walk by. And it,
0: it was just an amazing experience. I noticed that. It uh, looked like a lot of the Georgia teams in there. I'm sitting there. Uh, you know I'm, I'm helping Thomas with their, with their call. And so I'm sitting there. I'm looking at the Thomas study. I said, how come Thomas County and Thomas Central don't have women's flag football teams? Y'all need to be up on this here wall.
1: <laughs> That's serious. For real, yeah. And I, I loved, I listened to your commentary and loved it. It was it was really it was really good.
0: I appreciate that we 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 try to at least be marginally neutral. It,
1: it was really fun to hear because you know you don't get to listen to a lot of commentary, um, especially in the women's game, and so just to hear that uh, was it was a new experience for me, and I loved it.
0: I will say, uh, shout out uh, Casey Weeder over there at Ottawa does a great job over there as well. Well, Coach. Let's talk about your season a little bit now that now that it's a little bit in the rearview mirror, not by much, but a little bit in the rearview mirror. Y'all start off strong, uh, play through some of your your early games against KCAC competition. Just talk to me about getting everybody on the same page early. So
1: going into the season, I knew it would be it would be different just because we were the returning national champions. So that alone is kind of a a hard obstacle in itself, you know, getting everyone to buy in that this is a new season and what's in the past is in the past and to get everyone to really buy into this new idea that this is a brand new team. So it kind of started from there, just making sure that that was the focus, that this is a brand new year um, and going from there.
0: So talk to me about your messaging then, you know, helping helping your girls turn the page uh, and and kind of um i've I've started really clicking on the the phrase of clearing the mechanism, both in a positive and a negative way. You know, th- talk to me about how y'all m- had that messaging going,
1: so I said going into the season, the only team that really could be stuck on last year is us, and that would be with us just continuing to dwell in the moment of champions and you know, Jill Ellis is a big mentor for us, and um, she said in one of her one of the videos that mountaintops are small for a reason. It's not meant to dwell there. You know, you're supposed to kind of enjoy the view for a bit and then keep climbing. And so, I think that was a really important message for us to hear, and that you know we had to keep pushing because everyone was now aiming towards us, and so the target was on our backs, and we needed to keep raising the bar.
0: So you get past the first. Uh, four games here and they were technically all kcac games not all counted that way and then you make a, a swing through florida where you go one and two and we'll touch back on the thomas game a little bit later on but but talk to me about coming home from florida having lost the last two games
1: so you know, when I scheduled those games, I knew that it was going to be something that was really hard. I knew that us going to Florida and basically taking a shot from each one of those 3 schools was going to be a test, and a test that we needed. And going back, you know, I I didn't expect some of the scores to end up as they did, but I knew that had we left 3 and 0 from that experience, I would have probably as a coach been more nervous going into you know, the rest of the season where we played KCAC schools and then, you know, no Florida or Georgia competition until the national tournament. And that would have been really scary for for us as defending national champions. So I think it was a shot that we needed to take and the punch in the face that we really needed.
0: A lot of times that is such the truth, though, too. Um, You know, getting punched in the mouth kind of helps get you set up back for for and get focused for the playoff run.
1: And we had Jill Ellis talk to the girls shortly after, Um, you know, Katie and I were like, you know, what, what do we do? How do we make sure that their mentality is still like, you know, they believe in themselves enough to, to get through this season. And we talked to Jill and she said, she didn't, she couldn't have loved this narrative any better. Like to be defending national champions means you're actually defending something. And after that weekend, we were no longer defending anything. We were back to attack mode. And I loved that idea that defending something, you know, it's not really the best way to put it. Like, we wanted to attack. We wanted to always be an attack. And that weekend kind of let us shed that defending national championship title and go back into attack mode.
0: So you went through the rest of the season. You get to the KCAC tournament. You win another KCAC title. And then you find yourself in Atlanta playing absolutely nothing but Sun Conference teams. Talk talk to me about going through that gauntlet, you know, whether it be a Florida Memorial or St. Thomas. It seems like it's it's almost like you're playing a video game. You, you level up to the next the, the next opponent here almost as you're going through the tournament.
1: And I loved every bit of that. When we had the long wait with the KCAC schools and then watching the Sun Conference tournament happen, I remember texting in the team chat and I said, does anyone else feel like they're on the outside looking in? You know, meanwhile, the Sun Conference teams are 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 duking it out. But I felt like almost like that kid on the playground that was never invited to go play, you know, football or play during recess. But I loved feeling like that because we were that kid that was ready to go. We were ready to play. We were ready to be invited. And meanwhile, I said, they're all forgetting about us. Like they're, they're duking it out with each other and they are forgetting that we are over here waiting to go to the national championship. And we have played now every single team with the exception of Xavier in the NAIA and beat every single team in the NAIA.
0: So talk to me about, you, you get through Thursday and you get through Friday you 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 beat kaiser and what is was an absolute classic of a game i i don't know if you've been able to go back and watch film of that and and kind of see it outside of in the moment but that was that was as much of a war as i was really hoping for talk to me about being able to kind of get even with thomas and kind of uh get back to uh, and, and avenge that loss from early in the season
1: you know it's we were talking about it and it's almost like Everything was exactly as it was last year, going in against a team that we had lost previously in the regular season to Kaiser, going into a championship last year where we played Kaiser again. Um, it, we couldn't have wrote it differently. We went in as the second seed last year, I, you know, Kaiser being ahead of us based on points scored against. And it was the exact same situation going into it. And so we, we honestly felt like we were prepared. We we knew that we had got a taste of Thomas. We got to see what they were like, and we were ready to to play them again and you know come at it with a whole new game plan.
0: And and that definitely works, stymying the Thomas offense. Um, and and eventually you get that that one pick there at the end uh, to seal the really the whole time the whole the first time all game that is to say that uh th- their quarterback was erratic a little bit and y'all took advantage to to end the game. Did you say anything I I know Thomas this year had just this nasty penchant for just coming back when no one else thought they could. Did did you say anything to your team on that last drive uh talking about hey, these guys can and will come back?
1: Yeah, I think that we were able to watch them play those close games. And, and going in, we knew Thomas was a very defensive-minded team. Um, offensively, you know, they were they were a team that relied on their defense a lot. And that's why the low-scoring games were as they were. And so going into that final drive, almost like a poker game, I knew the other sideline did not want to be on offense making a drive. So I felt a lot of confidence going into that, knowing that's not where they wanted to be. They wanted to be on defense, like you know, solidifying a four-point lead defensively, and so I felt really confident. Um, at the same time, I also almost made my defensive coordinator Katie make some changes, but she didn't, and um, she trusted in the defense that she had the entire game, and and made a stop. And props to her and our defense.
0: So now that you've completed two seasons and kind of looking back on them one thing that I was discussing on the way to and from the national championship was kind of the differences in year one of flag football and year two and as we develop the sport uh, how things are changing and getting better both with obviously the, the competition level is is increasing but also with the ways that people are learning how uh, to coach the game, learning how to, to uh, coach a game that is different from football and coaching it differently from football. Talk about what you've seen across these two years in, in growing that sport.
1: I think that the biggest thing, um, especially when you're talking in the difference of flag football and tackle football, your traditional 11-man tackle football, is that everything for flag football is like a zone blitz or a fire zone, and so when you're trying to compare secondary and defense, you have to look at it from a a blitz scheme, because that is how quick the game is, it's a blitz every single down, and having a background with USA 7s rugby, I've been trying to incorporate a lot more um, pitches and things like that, not things that are built in, because you, you do see a lot of Florida teams doing the built in pitching, which I think works really well. But to have girls that are just bred and, and completely practiced in the pitching rugby style, I think is something that will be, um, you know, undefendable.
0: Yeah, I, I, I was talking about that, um, you know, on the way up. And, and there's definitely a difference between having that set up pitch where you're throwing the ball to your slot receiver and you've got your your outside receiver that you've got that built-in pitch versus just kind of having that spidey sense that you're, you're right there. You need to get turned around. And you need to find your pitch and get it out, and that is undefendable.
1: Yeah, I think it'll truly change the game. Just watching film after a receiver catches a ball, watching what her other receivers do or even the quarterback like could you have trailed could you be that third person um where were, where are you getting set up for the pitch because even though it may not feel like it's going to be there that's going to be the play that changes the game
0: so talk about the the efficiencies uh, you you talked about the pitching one thing i noticed that y'all do that i love because it's the smart play every single time you do it Is especially it it really does it really shows itself on punt returns. You get up to like the nineteen and a half yard line, you just very gingerly set the football down. Mm -hmm. Talk talk to me about finding these little efficiencies in the game. I hate to say exploiting the rules, but using the rules to Mm -hmm. gain that advantage.
1: And I think I think it's um, a lot in the uh, preparation for teams that have played for so long. Teams in Florida watching the down and distance. You know, knowing that they're aiming to get seven, six, seven yards. Nothing fancy, and then and then hit you over the top every once in a while. But when they're in those first and long situations, you can see a huge difference. So we've made it a, an emphasis on our team to make sure that we're putting ourselves in a position to be um, first and short. As opposed to first and nineteen on a punt return, and even that first play of the game when you're first and six, there's no reason to get a seven yard gain and then put yourself at first and nineteen. Um, you know, you want to get a four or five yard play, put yourself at second and two, and then you know start working towards first and fifteen, first and, first and thirteen, twelve, something like that.
0: Yeah, it's it's those little developments in the game that are gonna once that makes it into kind of the mainstream we're going to start seeing a lot of teams be very competitive very quick once once kind of everyone catches on i think
1: yeah i mean i think it can be deadly we had we had practices where we would play offense versus defense and the goal was to get the offense to first and 15 or above and defense would win on that and and then offensively the goal was to get to first and 14 and offense would win, so it just became this fun, competitive game. But then it was stuck in the girls' minds how important that down and distance game is.
0: So going forward, I, I know you're three days out of out of winning a national championship, and you probably don't have the slightest idea who's coming back. But I do see that uh, Clara Bo, uh, Bodewine is a senior. Um, if that's all you're losing off your team, you're. I think you're probably going to be in pretty good shape. But one of the interesting things about having kind of this emerging sport is that everybody's rosters are so young. And so, you know, last year you have Maddie Carrera, Alyssa Linkus, Jasmine Camacho, Clara Bodewayne, and you have all these weapons out on your perimeter. And then this year you have Addie Orsborne coming in as your screen back and, and, and a running back as a true freshman talk to me about the relationship of trying to have a full roster and still kind of trying to recruit against that roster where you there's not much graduation attrition to make yourself better
1: yeah i think that It's a lot about, like, I still see our roster and I still see things that we can improve on. You know, we're a team that mainly plays offensive players only offensively, defensive players only defensively, and we're looking to get bigger and better at that. We have offensive players that could start both offensively and defensively. Same thing with our defense. We have defensive players that could start both offensively or defensively, and I think that's one of our strongest suits just like the way ncaa football developed you know you had those two-way players but it wasn't until each player like was able to really hone their skills on that one particular thing that you saw the game evolve but we you know we have practices every single day where first team offense plays against first team defense and every single day like you know you can say the competition maybe throughout the season wasn't as intense but Every single day, we had the most intense competition lined up against us at practice.
0: Kind of reminds me of, of Florida State in the 90s. The ACC might not have been the best football conference, but by gum, Bobby Bowden was putting in his one, number one offense versus number one defense, and that was as good a competition that he, that he could have had in Tallahassee.
1: Such like a, a strategic game that being able to talk to your offense or talk to your defense and do specific things. It, it's really something that you can't take for granted during a game.
0: Yeah, I, I imagine so. And, you know, that doesn't even mention the fact that you've got uh, your players who aren't getting dead legs at the end of a tournament. Uh, you know, uh, so much was said uh, in, on Thursday night of you know where to, where to place basically Ottawa and Kaiser and how close that game was, the seating could have changed the, the, the game either way, but you saw Kaiser coming in in that second game on tired legs, having played players both ways for you know at, at that point a, a game and a half.
1: Yep. And, and I think that is really to our benefit and both mentally and physically, and also knowing that we do have players that are, that are ready to play on defense that maybe never had like Addie Forsborn had not played defense, but we knew she was very capable and she was prepared to do so. And she did end up going in, in the championship game when we needed her and made huge plays, but we have tools like that, that we're ready to bring out when we need them. The just the the main thing is we hadn't needed them at that point.
0: I'll give uh, our friends here at First down Playbook a, a little shout out here uh, at, at the end. Talk to us about using that app and and using that as a development tool for your team.
1: Yeah, so first down playbook i've I've seen First down Playbook really evolve into the flag game. Um, over the, the past couple of years. And even to see like our defense broken down throughout um, first down playbook was really cool. But the game itself and the plays on there are evolving so much with the game. It's only going to make the game so much better.
0: Well, Coach, thanks for coming out tonight. Congratulations again. And, you know, Lord Will and the creek don't rise. We'll see y'all out there in uh, Atlanta or wherever the heck it's going to be next year. And uh, we'll have another fun one. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the NAIF Ball Podcast presented by AdCraft USA. Be sure to contact them for all your custom apparel, merch, and uniform needs. Thanks also to Mommy Bay Turf and Turf Nation, as well as Leading Edge Fundraising for their support of the podcast. If you enjoy the show, subscribe to the podcast as well as to our YouTube channel. Leave us a review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. As always, if you'd like to support what we do, head over to patreon.com n-a-i-a-f-b-a-l-l and become a patron. We can't do what we do without our sponsors and listeners like you.